You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. This show is broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. For more information about the show or our network, please visit www.podcastdetroit.com. Views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Simon Cowell of Broadcast. Plagiarize the work of a blogger, David Harnes. Now, what's going on with that? Where's my number? Bye. It was not sending back. I had a few too many, and then just drove home, and then just, I think, yeah. Is it true to sexually harass a co worker in the college newspaper? It's a Detroit sports website. Uh, I don't say it. this. This 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 puke isn't even worth being mentioned. The only time we should mention him is for his obituary. Except okay. no one will care when he's dead. We're talking to T. Foss, Terry Foster, ninety-seven-one. Uh, this guy got his hands into everything: failed restaurants, failed marriages, failed liquor licenses. This guy's an animal. I make good choices nowadays. Before we get started, Jeff Moore. Is that correct? Lawrence, you here to do the interview today, or yeah. what's the deal? Yeah, no, I just... All right. Well, we, we, I'm sure Terry greatly appreciates that. The other thing is, you, you guys are raising hell out there in Detroit, aren't you? I, I, I've got some people telling me, you better not go on that show with those guys. Those guys are making everybody angry and getting them mad and doing stuff. So you're, you're creating quite a stir back there in Detroit. You guys got some cold episode of the Detroit Sports Rag podcast. My name is Jeff Moss, uh, joined as always by the producer, uh, Jessica, Sarah. 
Hello. And uh, back after a one-week suspension from the show, <laughs> Jasper Apollonia. Before we get into Jasper and uh, the topics for the day, I should tell you that DSR Podcast is sponsored by CaliTickets.com. That's C-A-L-I Tickets.com. You want tickets to see Louis C.K. this Friday at the Joe Louis Arena? Um, I don't know. Lions preseason games if you're a masochist. Prophets of Rage, September 1st at DTE. I think my wife's going to see Coldplay with her mom tomorrow. So uh, that's at the Auburn Hills, the Palace, I believe. Any tickets you want, any tickets you need coming up in the Detroit area or anywhere. I don't care where the fuck you are listening to this podcast. If you're in Chicago, Los Angeles, you can call CaliTickets.com at 877-225-8425. That's 877-225-8425. Mention the DSR and you get a 10% discount. So uh, Jasper, back from his one-week suspension for screaming at me and telling me to shut the fuck up. Have you learned, have you learned your lesson? Uh, well, <clears throat> I rarely do, but <laughs> I there shouldn't be any more of that. I did apologize uh, both to you and to our listeners when that happened, but it was a well-deserved one-week suspension. Uh, didn't didn't stem from anything with you and me. Uh, stemmed more from personal turmoil. I guess that's the best word for it. But yeah, hey, it was well-deserved. Um, so you're not mad at me. No, why would, okay, I, well, why would I be mad at you? Well, because the producer of the show is like pissed in sending me emoji angry faces yesterday. Uh, are you talking about me? Yes, yes, I'm talking about yeah, you. Yeah, that literally had nothing to do with Jasper. Oh, I know, but it was my segue. <laughs> oh, oh, here <laughs> who, we go. So then, so since you clearly didn't give a shit about me, who were you so... Uh, Don't who, be so sensitive. I, I'm so, not. I'm so, not. I'm just saying if, if you wanted me dead... What? <laughs> who out there could have drawn your ire it for Jeff even... going after them? He must have really done something horrible and cruel and unspeakable. Because you know the things Jeff the says drama. about people. So what did he say that was so over the line? You know, it's not about what you said, Jeff. It's just about you continually busting someone's balls who doesn't even know you. <laughs> And you know what? Well, he's he not, knows me. Well, I know, but he's not even like in your field of people that you like like to torment or mess with or toy with. So let's so. tell who say who we're talking about during the lion season. Hey. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Theo Gridiron Go Lions forward down the field spite. Who's my buddy? Is your buddy, and yeah. he does a show out of this studio. Well, he hasn't done one out of this studio yet because we moved. Is he coming back? Is the show coming back? I'll give him some. I don't know. Oh, we don't know. Well, anyway, Theo uh, Spite, who is the uh, the singer of the Lions' fight song when they score a field goal or a touchdown, hence you know, why would for, you have forward with him? down the field. I don't see. This is the thing. It's not really singing. It's more like I, bellowing. I, I don't have any issue with him. The website is like we we like Jasper. Spiro when he was a member of the website when he was the managing editor and a co-host of the show. Uh, he used to bust his balls making jokes about how they were gonna they were gonna record a holiday <laughs> CD of forward down the field between Spiro and Theo. It was a total joke. I mean, anyone could see it was a joke. I know. And Theo would just go nuts. 
Theo, for no reason, Theo would go, would start telling his followers, I'm not down with the DSR, he doesn't like us, that he's not recording this. It was complete. I mean, nobody bought it. Nobody thought that Spiro was recording this song. <laughs> so, so instead of having a sense of humor about it and saying, oh, that's pretty funny, whatever. It's uh, one of my favorite bits. Right. It's, it's a, a great it's, bit because he, pro- he gets so mad about he it. He takes like himself. Literally only your followers find it. You know, I mean, well, okay, I, I understand that you're messing around. You don't mean any harm to Theo, and it's just all in good fun and you being you. He sings the song forward down the field for a team that's won one playoff game in the last 58 seasons. Don't take yourself so seriously. Well, it's like, a job. Have some fun it's with it. It's a job. Oh, it's a job. No, yeah. digging ditches is a job. That's, Co- we, washing, are, you, are you getting compensated washing, for doing something washing that is the a windows, job? Washing the windows at the Rensen is a job. <sighs> Singing forward down the field after the Lions score a touchdown is a hobby that you might get paid for. But do not take it so seriously. I have nothing against the guy, even though he hates my guts. I mean, trust me. (laughs) He hates the entire DSR. He hates the DSR with a passion. I mean, mean, we don't have enough hours for me to actually list the people that I know that dislike you. I don't dislike you. Can we we get a list? No. Oh, too bad. Okay. Well, no. Theo, Theo used to do a show on DFN where they bought the time or something with a guy named Chef Rob. And he used to tell Chef Rob, you can't have any association with Moss. You'll get blackballed from the industry. So this guy, he's it's got It's kind of true. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Okay. We have a guest on today who's got a job. Uh, Sean Belisian didn't mind coming in here. Oh, oh yeah, wait, he's out of choice. He's yeah. out of work. Maybe not a great example. <laughs> but yeah, not the best. First of all, Theo, you're never going to have a radio career, so I don't know why you were bad mouthing me. It was just this rude. You don't have to be to Chef mean. Rob. I'm not being mean. I'm just talking. Listen. No, I I got to be I'm honest, Jeff. Like the, 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 the straight facts. The way that he has really reacted to this whole thing, as you and, can tell, it's August second. The only thing we have to talk about today is the Tiger. So no. we're filling in with Theo Spite discussion. But no, but I'm just saying, like the way that he's reacted to to you, and in the light of the fallout between Justin Spiro and the DSR, I, I have to say. I don't think I'm going to pay for the holiday album when it comes out. I'm going to probably go ahead and illegally download it instead of paying the $9.99 <laughs> on iTunes. As of course, joke, it's $12.99 for the high-quality version. Have a sense version, of humor but... about yourself. Come into the studio and record it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> there's no harm. I well, mean, then God people almighty. will, you know... Kind of t- well, they'll no. they'll they'll see him with Jeff Moss, and that's just Please. bad, I guess, for people in that's, that industry. That's ridiculous. If, if he's like worried sports. about it being a holiday album, being like two PC, like we can have it. Like the B side is all Christmas songs, like you know. Yeah, he's a religious guy. He <laughs> said he was blessed that he had that job, and thousands and thousands of Lions fans would wish to be in his position. Okay. Uh, let's go on to a next topic before I get any more nice. angry looks from Jeff. Um, what? I'm just move along. Next move subject. Along. Move along. Yep. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see. All right. So anyway, as the as the fireworks go off in the background, <laughs> as I uh. as I announced earlier today on Twitter, the last few weeks we have been in discussion to have a TV program. Now the DSR has. In the past, had video capability uh, back in like the, I don't know, 2005 maybe, 2006. We used to have a Comcast public access show that we broadcasted out of uh, Farmington Hills's uh, local access. Uh, we used to do that. 
with uh, DSR founder, co-founder Greg Schultz, David Radner, uh, Master Shake Mo- Michael Bohenick, Big E from the FOMOCO. And then we had the broadcast capabilities a few years ago when I used to co-host a show out of uh, U Detroit Cafe with Damon the Dog Perry. And then he left to go to Seema Barak's disaster of a radio station. I forget what that, 1090. And then uh, I continue to do that show with Sean Belisian. So, look, you see, I can, right there, you can see I'm not a complete pariah. Some people are willing to do a show with me. <laughs> I didn't say you're a complete I mean, pariah. No, I'm, partial, none of them I'm have saying jobs that right other people industry, that but... don't know you view you as that. So, oh, okay. That's all. So, we, we've done this in the past, but. The plans for what we are going to do starting probably the week after Labor Day are bigger than anything that we've had previous. Now, we're still in negotiations on some issues. Um, Buying the time, which we will have to do, is not the issue. The production of this show, we're still working on. But I don't think that's going to be a problem. And I'm hoping that in the you know first second week of September on Saturday mornings at eleven o'clock, you will be able to turn on your TV. Anyone in the local Detroit area, I'm not going to say which station yet. Uh, there's still a little debate about which station that will be, and you will see a DSR on TV return. And as I stated on Twitter earlier, this will be basically a Detroit sports version of pro, uh, Pardon the Interruption, First Take, the Howard Stern Channel 9 show. This thing will be insane. Uh, it will be the antithesis of that man cave on Channel 7 with Justin Rose and fanboy um, Brad Galley. We will be going after the other shows in this genre in town, trust me. Of, of all the other things we will be doing, uh, mocking the media as we normally do, commenting on the Tigers, Wet Red Wings, Pistons, Lions, the uh, U of M, Michigan State programs. Uh, it will still have a DSR component, obviously, heavily influenced by the DSR. I've already talked to various people who are willing to contribute to the show in the media. Uh, and it's it's going to be a little different than the Man Cave or Squirtworks or Sports Final Solution on, on Channel 4. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Oh, why, don't be, we, why don't we just call it's be it honest. Uh, DSR Sports Holocaust? <laughs> I'm not exactly sure the uh, station that we are going to be on. I, I don't think Bob and Dave here at Podcast Detroit would have a problem if I called this show the DSR Sports Holocaust. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. They're pretty open-minded fellows. Uh, but I don't think the broadcast entity probably wants to be associated with the Third Reich. I mean, the fact that they're even willing to air me, put me on the air, and they know it's me. They've been told it's me and the DSR. Uh, Unlike Theo Spite, it seems like they are down with the DSR, at least for the time being. This show, I'm really, I I hope this goes through because I have so many great ideas. I'm not going to share them all today. Uh, You you shared a couple with me earlier, and uh, I'm I'm certainly in favor of of your end show segment that you came up with. I think people are going to get a big kick out of that. Some other people might not get such a big kick out of it, but they'll certainly pay attention. So, yeah. Well, and, and you know what? It's Like I said, I, I, it's going to be a high – what I wanted to do, and I was in talks about a year and a half ago, um, 
to do a TV show on a new network, which is still to this date not uh, come to existence. Uh, but I had a meeting with some folks where we were going to do a show out of the PBS studios over there on like near Beck Road in Novi. And it was going to be a station that was going to be supposedly, quote-unquote, competing with Fox Sports Detroit. They were trying to get clearance on, you know, the U versus the Comcast, WOW, all, you know, all of those entities, Bright House or Time Warner, whatever the hell it is these days. And they were going to air, like, Grand, Rip, Grand Rapids Griffins games at night. Mm-hmm. I think West Michigan Whitecaps maybe was a team that they were interested in, or the Lugnuts in Lansing, some other teams like the Toledo Wall. I think that, that, that was the thing. They were, it was going to be, like, at night they were going to have some of the minor league shows, teams, which I think when I talked to the guy who was behind this, I thought it was a great idea because, hell, there are nights I'd rather probably would have watched the Grand Rapids Griffins and the Red Wings. To watch all, you know, watch Anthony CU, Mantha. I think there's a there's a niche audience for that. And if you get West Michigan uh, Whitecap games, watch some of the Tigers prospects. I think it would have been interesting to have this. This thing never came to fruition, but they wanted me to host a show. Um, if it if it they did get clearance and they did get the funding around five o'clock every night. And when I said to them, they said, "Well, what would your idea for a show be?" And it's basically what we're going to try to do next month um, when we do the DSR and TV. In kind of, like I said, basically a hybrid of a lot of different shows that I like. Now, I don't like PTI because I'm not a fan of Kornheiser or Wilbon, but I think that's a good a good um, format. Format. I, do you like that format? Oh, absolutely. It's a yeah. great format. You know, you have a rundown, the it's, graphic. It, of, all the, of all the ESPN sports opinion shows, that format is by far my favorite, and you can see it in a lot of other places where they steal that exact same format pretty which, much which we would do uh yeah no and what's wrong with it um that's how sports are best digested quick little segments stuff like that where you can put a concise opinion together make it entertaining and not have to drag it out like you would maybe say have to do for uh a two-hour podcast on a tuesday at in five august. To seven in right. august the day after the tigers did absolutely nothing right. at the trade deadline and we will so. get into that after the first break so my idea for the show, when I pitched it back to these guys who ended up never having anything uh, come off the ground, was PTI-style graphic. You talk three, four minutes about a subject, go on to the next subject. Um, I hate the show first take. I'm, I'm not saying we would have hot take, you know, but that kind of debate back and forth um, on, on, you know, solely focused on Detroit. And I think this is something... And we talked about this with Bob Page when he was in here last month uh, before your suspension. And his old show, Sports uh, Sports View Today with Ron Cameron, I would pay homage to that show. Uh, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. I would also want to bring in you know, maybe panel discussions like Bill Maher has on some nights. I think the commentary aspect of broadcast sports journalism in this city has gone away completely. There's there's nothing. There's none. There's absolutely none. I could see myself doing Keith Oberman special commentary type deals on pressing issues, uh, John Oliver style takedowns of article. That's that's all of those shows that I watch on a weekly basis. I'd like to take and grab parts of them. I think that's what the plan for the show would be with the DSR element, with the Howard Stern Channel 9 uh, antics, 
somehow mixed in. I think people would enjoy this, even though it's me and some other people who I don't want to name yet because uh, they're still talking to their own, the people that they deal with if they can do the show. Guess, I mean, I would want, you know, it's on, it's on TV. And I think that would be a, a um, draw for some people, some narcissists who maybe otherwise wouldn't come on this podcast because, you know, it's just on Podcast Detroit and they don't think it's a big enough market, even though, you know, we're getting between five and 15,000 uh, hits a week. And those are genuine, not bought and paid for. Uh, so I, I've always said I'd like to get people on who don't like me in the media. I'd be willing to have Theo on to discuss the Christmas special and any reasons he dislikes me. I, I'm not. I won't hide from anyone. It'd be, uh, anyone would be eligible to come on the show. And I think if it's on TV and people are actually watching and it cut, catches some buzz, I think it would open up some avenues for me and us. Although you might be in New York by that point, well, so we don't keep, know. Keep that on the down low. Well, but yes. Right. Um, uh, well, getting well, hand jobs under the. Uh, the uh, bridges. That's what I was. Not, I, didn't, I didn't say. <laughs> why, you do you, get, why do you think I wanted to keep it on the down low? I, I don't want people. Say you were going to get a job in radio. I don't, I don't want people to know until I move up to blow jobs right. under uh, under the subway. under the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm, exactly. I I want to make the big time first. Can, can you get to the Tappan Zee Bridge? I just like saying Tappan Zee. <laughs> Tappan Zee. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like I like saying Schenectady. Just yeah. fun. Um, so what do you? I think? think something that you brought up that's a very good point is that this. There really is a lack of sports commentary in this city from personalities. And that's something that Sean, I thought, touched on a couple weeks ago when we spoke to him, was that there is sort of a homogenous group in this city when it comes to sports commentary. Outside of Mike Valenti, who is a mainstream voice in this city that is not a writer. Right. There's nothing on television. Who? Sports works. Sports because works. because Brad Galley and Justin Rose and Dan Miller don't count because those guys are not. No. They're not common. What, what's Dan Miller going to say about the Detroit Lions? Dan Miller is a compromise because he's the play-by-play voice on of the Lions, and then he goes on Fox Two, and he knows his predecessor Mark Champion got fired for being too critical well, of the not, Lions. Not, so not even what's he going to say about the Lions? Ro- Rose and Galley, guys who. Jamie Edmonds. I mean, look what we have. And then they bring in the same tired guests week after week. Like, I want to hear what Jamie Samuelson or Bob Wojanowski have to say about anything. Or the people that – I don't, some of the guests on – I mean, Jake Chapman on, on the Man Cave. Like, nobody knows who Jake Chapman is. Nobody. Nobody. He brings in Rico Beard. Who cares what these people have to say? Well, this and show it's, will it's, be yeah. different. This will be cutting edge. And hopefully it goes, we can get the production under control um, because really the, the cost of buying, the buying time stuff is, is not an issue. So what we need is anyone out there listening, if you've got a business, if you want to advertise, contact me at DetroitSportsRag at gmail.com. We're going to need advertisers. Let's say you're some sort of, uh, you know, bedspread-related royalty, okay? In which case, how much, what, sell it to them, Jeff. <laughs> I'm not selling them on the air. Okay, no. I'm not. I'm saying, but putting out the pitch right there, if if you or somebody you know... Man, are you opening yourself up to Spiro ridicule? Oh, I'm <laughs> fine with that. I, that's okay. Have you sold the $600 a uh, show yet? No. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go on there and say that. Hey, I'm also willing to say that I don't know the first fucking thing about advertising. 
And if you are somebody with a background in advertising who also wants to maybe help out the DSR, find some advertisers, figure out exactly how we can put this together, that would be greatly appreciated as well. I know that, Jeff, because that's something that you and I really discussed was finding advertisers for the podcast. Um, But we had a lot of problems with it, mainly because neither of us have any sort of a background in advertising. So Breaking news. Uh Every week there's breaking news on the show. It's unbelievable. Just found out that Matt Derry is going to be making his return uh, to the Detroit sports world on a Lions podcast called Locked on Lions on Locked on Pods. Uh, Locked on Pods, he, they've got 500 Twitter followers. You know what we have to do, Jeff. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Jeff, every week he goes on, we have to compare our listeners. Yeah, we have oh, to put up our numbers compared right. to his. Yeah, that's not going to be much of a competition. <laughs> so anyone who's interested in advertising on the DSR TV show, please contact me, DetroitSportsRag at gmail.com. If you want to help with production, if you're a Specs Howard student, uh, if you're in college, you want intern credit or anything, we're looking for all the help that we can get, uh, someone to run the, the boards, uh, someone to man cameras. So anyone who's willing to help, that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, selling advertising for it and also uh, getting some production together. So hopefully – and this has nothing, to, no effect on this show. This show will continue to run every Tuesday night between 5 and 7 until they kick me out of here. Right, Jessica? Yeah, they're not yeah. going to do that. They like you too much. Oh, they like me. You yeah. don't. But I do too. Shut no, up. Obviously not. Uh, so, so this will this will be an add on to the DSR podcast. Hopefully, we'll have a podcast, a website, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the TV show, all very next level, and that is something that I'm excited about. Hopefully, we will have some more announcements in the next coming week or two, and. Uh, that's about it. So DSNR on TV coming back in some form, hopefully in September. We will take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about a few topics Tigers-related. One, <laughs> the fact that Annabelle Sanchez is starting tonight in about an hour and a half. Two, no moves at the trade deadline. Three, an article that David Mayo from MLive.com wrote about the John Smoltz, <laughs> Doyle Alexander trade. People still complaining about that deal 29 years later. Such a timely, timely reference, too. And then after around 6 o'clock, Ryan Schuling from the Schuling Report 92.1 FM in Lansing will join the program. We will discuss some things. I don't know. We never really talked about hit him with the hind on this show. We might want to wrap that up. So that's what you have to look forward to. I went and saw Slipknot in concert last Friday night with Marilyn Manson. I had never seen Slipknot. And I, I love w- Marilyn Manson, but I I, I always w- thought Slipknot sucked. But let but. me tell you something. I I've seen this is about the twenty some time I've seen Manson in concert. I, Manson is my like Bruce Springsteen to Stony. I followed him around the country. I was, I've always compared yeah, the two. Yeah, exactly. very similar yeah. catalogs. So so uh, Manson, whenever he's in town, I go and check it out. I wasn't that excited about seeing Slipknot. I like some of the songs, but I'd never seen him in concert. I didn't really know that much about. They put on a fucking unbelievable show. I have a new appreciation for Slipknot. So the music during the breaks tonight will be 100% Slipknot. And we will go to the break with one of those songs right now. We'll be back in a few moments, and we'll talk Tigers baseball. 
You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. Thank you, Corey Taylor. Brought to you by Cali Tickets, as always, at DSR Podcast. Jeff Moss, Jasper Apollonia, Jessica, Sarah, with no last name. By the way, Jessica's looking for a roommate in the Ferndale Royal Oak area. So Yeah, but no crazy people. Okay, well, then you just root out the whole fucking audience. Great. Thanks for spoiling, <laughs> spoiling that. I mean, everybody's crazy. It just degrees. Yeah. There's some that are a little higher on the crazy level than others, though. I mean, yeah. Have you heard some of these people? I mean, they're ranting, lave, raving lunatics. They'll just go out there and start screaming profanities. Uh, horrible, horrible people, really. Maybe the two of you should get a uh, apartment together and we have a reality show. with your. She can move in with your dad. Oh, yeah. That sounds great. That, yeah. Super excited about so, that. So uh, let's talk about the Tigers. And there's a lot to talk about the Tigers. Uh, I, I don't know. You want to start with the, the, the no action at the trade deadline, or do you want to discuss Anibal Sanchez starting tonight? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, you. I, I think the Sanchez thing is a little more timely. It just kind of was was announced also that Daniel Norris, right as we were walking into the studios around 4.30, has been activated from the DL as of today. Here's the thing, though. He's going straight to AAA. Well, this is what I said yesterday on Twitter. I said, regarding Daniel Norris, when you have made more rehab starts than actual starts you missed in Major League Baseball, you are no longer on a rehab stint. You are a minor leaguer. And now it's official. And now it's official. <laughs> which is, which is, and by the way, so it has to be said immediately that... Yeah, read that, read that tweet from uh, Katie String. Oh, yeah. No, this about is, what, this is about what Osmus said just moments ago regarding the rotation in the back end. Why don't you read that? Here we go. Katie Strang over at ESPN asked about the shakiness of the back end of the Tigers rotation. Manager Brad Osmus responded, quote, you find me a baseball team that doesn't have questions somewhere. When pressed further, he said, we have who we have. We're going to keep running them out there. If they pitch well, we'll keep them in the rotation. It's as simple as that. It's not rocket science. Well, thank fucking God it's not rocket science because I'm afraid to let Brad Osmus anywhere near anything explosive. For Christ's sake. The guy well, he's can, near something explosive. Anibal Sanchez. Can you? This guy is so bad at math. Can you imagine if you put him in charge of actual yeah. rocket science? I don't think the challenger would have even made it 70 seconds. Let's put it that way. I'm not sure what, how long the challenger I don't made. think they, I, I think is he it, would have it, forgotten. I don't even think it would have made it uh, into creation. It's unbelievable. So let's talk about Anibal Sanchez, which it's absolutely remarkable that this guy is starting tonight. The Tigers just moved within four games of the Cleveland Indians last night, thanks to um, Max Kepler. Yeah, Max Kepler destroying he a he, baseball. He a Jew? Sounds like uh, he's from Germany. So, oh well, uh, yikes. Statistically speaking, see, chances that, are see, great. See that, that? See that's a thing. That's a thing. German and Jewish names are very close, but that's kind of like the difference between the border at Gross Point and Detroit. Uh, it's kind of can be great dichotomy. Anyway, Sanchez in July, right? So he also says if you're pitching well, you'll stay in the rotation. Annabelle Sanchez in July had an ERA of 8.41. And that was with one good start. That's how awful, or decent start, that's how awful he was. 
Anibal Sanchez is a right-handed pitcher, correct, Jasper? That would be correct, Jeff. Against right-handed hitters this year, Anibal Sanchez has an OPS on base plus slugging percentage of 931. Basically telling you that every time a right-handed hitter comes up to the plate, Anibal Sanchez stares him down and he's looking at Mike Trout or Bryce Harper. 931 OPS against righties. That's almost as unbelievable as the catcher of the team, James McCann, having a 197 slugging percentage. Slugging! slug, Not average, not on base. 197 slugging percentage. I'm not sure what is which stat I'm more incredulous over. And this guy's starting tonight. Now, do the Tigers have any other, other options? Well, let's see. They let's just see. activated one off the DL. Daniel Norris pitched five days ago in Toledo. Da- Daniel Norris. Now, I'm not saying Daniel Norris is ready for prime time. I'm not saying he's great yet. Uh, he's still in the prospect mode. But please, I will take Daniel Norris over Anibal Sanchez's minus 1.3 war this well, year. Well, And that's what I was saying to you again as we walked into the studio, Jeff, is even if the Tigers believe that Daniel Norris at this point in his progression is only a minor league pitcher, a triple-A pitcher, guess what? He's already better than Anibal Sanchez. Yeah, well, let's explain to the people who aren't familiar with war. It's, it's as Basically, simple as that. Z- Even if he's just a triple-A pitcher, Sanchez's war at minus 1.3 means that he is essentially— Well, let me explain it real quick to people who don't know, understand war. War, if you have a zero war, that means you're basically the equivalent— uh, you're, you're equivalent of a player that can be called up from triple-A, okay? Like, say, if, Daniel Norris? Right, if you're zero. If you're minus 1.3— it basically means over the first, what, 90, 100 games of the season, however many they've played, that you're, he's been worse than a guy you could call up from Toledo, like a Matt Krause or a Thad Weber, who, by the way, <clears throat> excuse me, I wouldn't mind seeing one of them. Other, we know what we're getting from Anibal Sanchez. Now watch, this will be archived, and he'll probably go throw a two-hitter tonight. It won't matter. I, which I don't care, because... You've got to make the decision based on what you've seen in the past, not on what fluke could happen tonight. And he's been horrible. Let me let me. Re- was, so that's one option, right? So you could have brought up Norris. He's ready to go. He's on his perfect rest. He could have pitched tonight. That's option one. Well, wait, I just want to add on to what you're even saying about the war. Uh, let me bring in another example from Detroit. Remember Edgar Renteria? Remember uh, yes. his abysmal season here, how awful he was? Yes. Yeah, he put up a war of .8. Well, Mike Pelfrey's oh, that's got a, Mike, more than two wins better. Mike, Mike Pelfrey's been terrible. He's got a war of .4. Being terrible. That's how his war is 1.7 better than Sanchez. So yeah, it's, it's nearly the guy's unfathomable. Got a, what, his ERA is almost six and a half. I mean, any metric, you could do anything. At 1.6. Pakoda, war, OPS, whatever you want to look at, he's an abomination. Why is he starting? So option one was starting Norris. Option two. Pitch Fulmer tonight on full on his normal rest. Right? Yeah. You could do that. Yes. Uh, they, it, wouldn't, then, it wouldn't make any difference to when, move him Now off that start. Norris and Zimmerman and everyone's healthy, Zimmerman's coming back and pitching Thursday. 
Now that everyone's back, well, skip what, a start. Skip a start for Fulmer next week instead, of, or push well, him back. Sale isn't Sale pitching. Yeah, he's Fulmer? pitching tomorrow. Well, yeah, if he doesn't tear up jerseys before the game, he's supposedly starting tomorrow. Yeah. Well, but, so I, I mean, I guess I get where you'd rather start Fulmer against Sale. Why start Fulmer tonight and win the game and then go on to the next game? I don't. I, that's oh, bull, I, that's, I agree. I'm you saying can't, you can't you can make a logical reason for that, but but if it's going to come at the cost of throwing out Sanchez tonight, right? It doesn't. No, make you don't sense. throw. It's crazy. The third option you could have done, and. It'll be interesting to see how this fuckface Osmus manages this game, but you realize they're big three relievers: Shane Green, K. Rod, and Justin Wilson. All haven't pitched since last Wednesday. They've gone yep. six days without pitching. Yeah, it was the second After, game. Right. Second game of the uh, the Boston series. Of the Boston series. Right, they yeah. haven't pitched since because the Tigers blew one a couple blowouts. Yep. And the close game, Verlander pitched a complete game. Well, and also uh, he was K Rod was away for a couple days, wasn't he? No, I don't think so. I but, think he was away from the team for a couple days. I don't think for so. Personal reasons. I don't but. think so, but maybe. But so, so you have you could throw a bullpen day like the White Sox did when Sale went Al Swearingen on their seventy six throwbacks and knifed them. You could have a bull. I mean, I wouldn't mind starting Justin Wilson. Let him pitch an inning. Let Shane Green throw two. Try to get a big lead against big game James Shields, uh, and then using the you know Rondon and everyone else. Maybe let Sanchez pitch one inning. With this bullpen fully stocked, they didn't pitch play yesterday. Everyone is available. Everyone, and they've already got ninety six guys down there in the bullpen. As I said on Twitter yesterday, you could put them in a Shrine Circus car and drive them around Comerica Park. That's how many there are. They just one out, getting out of the car after another. Have a bullpen day. Just yesterday, the Clevelandians were getting rocked by the Twins, right? As we discussed earlier, to move the Gate Tigers four games out. Andrew Miller hadn't pitched in five days. Now this game was out of control. I think it was eleven to three, ten to three, something like that. Nine to ten. The game was out of control. It was late innings. Terry Francona brought in Andrew Miller, who they just traded for, giving up some of their best prospects. To pitch in an seven or six or eight run deficit, just to get him work after five days. So this is another day that K. Rod, um, Shane Green, Justin Wilson. Like I said, that'd be another option. Alex Wilson pitching any, just something. Do you understand? It's August second. You're four games back with a two hundred million dollar payroll, a dying owner. You're paying the luxury tax. When are you going to act like this season? comes to an end at the end of September and not January of 2017. When? Tonight, I've been told, and I don't know what the reason, we just keep, right before we came on, Andrew Romine's playing tonight instead of Nick Castellanos. Why? I, have, I don't know. I don't know. Because this team can't handle fortuitous events. They're right back in it. They're, what, a game and a half out of the wild card because uh, Boston won last night. They're four back in the AL Central. Well, they're this not, they're, they're not winning the Central. Put your I, foot I on the— I don't think they can. They even have a shot at this point after the trade deadline. Well, I disagree with you, and we'll discuss that. If we want to get into that? No, you can, I mean, if you have more okay, to say on we'll this. We'll get into it because I have a bone to pick with you, and hopefully— Oh, you I know you do. Hopefully you don't scream at me. Hopefully you don't tell me to shut the fuck up. No, no. Uh, hopefully you don't throw an uh, empty Jack Daniels bottle at my head. That never happened. It sounded good. It was it was 
collateral anyway, damage. You hit, you hit you hit Jessica right in the boob. I would I would never throw Jack Daniels. That's <laughs> I, I like Jack. No, an empty bottle. Oh, empty. Yeah, you, maybe that, an empty one. Which you've emptied many of a time here at the studio. So yesterday, I had come to the uh, the my I come to some closure with the fact that the Tigers did nothing at the deadline, and I kind of understand it. Um, and I and I tweeted out that look, the market was not good for buyers for various reasons, which we can get into. Uh, teams were paying a high premium. I'm going to go over. I'm going to break this down. Unlike these. You know, ninety-seven-one, where Scott the Whale Anderson today was saying that um, he wouldn't have traded Jimenez and Boyd for I forget who one of the one of the top-flight guys. What, like Odorizzi or something? Yeah, something like that. Odor, get yeah, the like, hell out of yeah, here. right. I mean, <laughs> come on, I'm fucking four hundred. I, I don't, I don't mind if dung. you think my opinion is stupid, but at right. least I'm not right. coming to it from a. Stupid so we'll break place. down. We're gonna, yeah, we'll have some intelligence, and we're gonna break down some of the trades that were made at the deadline, and maybe why. Elville wasn't able to pull something off. So I tweet out, I really don't have a problem with it because, and, and I hate to go Ken Holland on you, but J.D. Martinez is coming back. Probably their first or second best offensive threat because he can actually run the bases. And if you look at his numbers, it's almost as good as uh, Miguel this year. You got him coming back. You got Zimmerman coming back Thursday. You got Norris Healthy, who can help either in the starting rotation at some point or maybe be a lefty out of the bullpen. Boyd's pitching okay. Things are starting to come around. You could make a case that this team was built for it, for this. You know, two hundred million dollar payroll. It can't be too upset that they didn't add anything more to that when they already have an eighty million dollar payroll advantage over the Cleveland Indians. So it's hard to get too upset about that, in my opinion. Um, just because of the the different mitigating factors. You go on Twitter and suggest that you're mad that the Tigers didn't sell. Now, there is no chance the Tigers were going to sell being four and a half back at the time, one game out of the wild card with a $200 million payroll and an owner who might be in hospice right now. It just wasn't going to happen. So I will let you try to justify that. I will let you have your peace. I will not say anything. I will take my headphones off. I'm going to go 20 feet away from you <laughs> because I don't want to get mad. I take don't a, want take you to the, take the jack bottle. With I don't you. want you to stab me with a bottle of Blantons like you did three weeks ago. <laughs> so I'm going to take oh, my, it's a here, flash I'm wound. My Calm down. Off. I'm no. going. I'm going to go into the far corner and I'm going to let you have your piece and then I will come back. No, that's fine because Jeff, I I actually would like to have a discussion about this because where I'm coming from is is not as somebody who believes that. The right move was to sell at the deadline. The right move was to buy, period. Uh, And I come from it from the perspective almost of the same place you are coming from, where this is a team with a $200 million payroll. This is a team with a dying owner, although he's been dying since I can remember. So I don't know. He's doing okay, I guess. We're all dying, Jasper. I hate to interrupt you. Um. This is also a team Wait, hold with. On. Can I read a tweet from you and then you can go on? I just want to read a tweet so we can frame this. This okay. is what you said yesterday I, at two fifty five p.m. Quote: Could have put yourself in a position like the Yankees today. Instead, the Tigers decided to stand around with their thumbs up their butts. Now we know the Yankees sold. So what were you saying in that tweet? Well, what I was saying again is, and if you'd let me finish, I. The point I was laying out was this is a team with a $200 million payroll. This is a team with an ailing owner. This is a team with an uncertain future after that owner dies. This is also a team with aging superstars in, in Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez, 
Justin Verlander, who the la- uh, you know, especially Verlander in Martinez, I don't think most people saw them being still at this level at this stage in their careers. So what did you want them to do? What I wanted them to do was buy. I wanted okay, them. But you said I wanted them. Wait, Jeff. And, and I quote, Jeff, wait, wait, wait. Put yourself in a position Jeff. like the Yankees today instead of Tigers. So Jeff. what does that mean? Can you explain what it yes, means? Yes, absolutely. So I think the right move absolutely was to buy a top three starter. That doesn't mean Jeremy Hellickson. Um, that means somebody like Jake Odorizzi, Chris Archer, this somebody is like, like trying that. to corner one of the Trump surrogates on CNN. I can't do it. <laughs> I just want an answer. I'm just trying to finish. Okay. I'm over here. Okay. What you had to do was you had to buy a top three starter because with the moves that everyone else in this playoff race made, you're already on the outside looking in. By not adding anyone, you are making yourself even at a lower chance of making the playoffs than you were before, especially when you look at a team like the Indians where, thank God they didn't add Jonathan Lucroy because I think that would be a team that then would blow you away in starting pitching, blow you away in the bullpen, and would arguably have a better starting okay, lineup okay. than you. I'm going to so ask you one more time. if you're not going to buy at the deadline and you're the Tigers, if you're not going to put yourself into a position where you can com- really compete with these teams because now you are looking for a wild card spot. And guess what? No, the, okay. Yes, you are. No, you're yes, not. you are. This so you're is, so you're saying it's, I don't believe so this is you, a team that can overtake okay. the Indians right. the way well, you're currently wrong. constructed. You're wrong. You're wrong. And, and but let me if you I, get one injury, okay. if you get one injury Senator, to one of your top your three starters, you are screwed. Oh, kind of like Danny Salazar went on the DL today? The Indians are not screwed. Okay, the Indians aren't screwed. The Indians, when they're not playing the Tigers, are about five games over five hundred. The Tigers are one in, what, 10 or 11? One in 10 or 11 against them this year? And they're four games back. Do not tell me the Tigers can't overtake the Cleveland Indians. The Cleveland but gonna, the Indians but we're not just gonna, we'll get got into that debate. better. We'll get into they, Look at what they okay, just did hold to on. the right field. You're right. They got better. They got so much better. They ended Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller, a closer. They haven't lost a game after the ninth inning, going to the ninth inning all year. So please tell me how they're going to improve on that. They're like 55-0 and 0 when the ninth inning starts and they have the lead. So how can they improve on perfection? Because they had Cody Allen. Now they have Cody Allen can play an eighth okay. inning That's role. fine. They have their, that's not been their problem, okay? That hasn't been their problem. Yeah, you know what has been how, their problem? How, uh, it, you know, what has been their problem? It's been their offense. Guess who they're also getting back from injury? They're getting Michael maybe, Brantley. Maybe, maybe. He's been hurt all year. And finally, and by the way, they're going to get him in time for the Their offense hasn't been the problem. I think they've scored more runs than the Tigers this year. I think they're in the top three in the American League. But let me go on. I don't to, believe so, to, but. They are. Go look it up while I, while I lecture you on this for a second. Okay, so you say the Tigers, if they didn't buy, they should have sold, which is absolutely ludicrous because they a team with a $200 million payroll with a guy who's making like $18 million a year coming back after six or seven weeks with Zimmerman, a guy that's making $20 million coming back, after not pitching for over a month or whatever. The Tigers had like a 580-something win percentage with J.D. Martinez out, okay? This team, Justin Upton, in June and July, his OPS went from garbage to, I think, in the high 700s to the 800s. They're sixth in run. the last, okay, the Indians? Yes. Okay, in the AL or in all of baseball? No, in all of baseball. That's pretty good. I'm not saying it's not. All right, so you're getting Upton, who's now coming around. Cabrera's starting to come around. This offense has the ability to be very good. And if you get Zimmerman back, if you, you call up Jimenez in a couple weeks, which obviously he's on the fast track, he's up in Toledo now, 
He's going to be on a team sometime before September 1st. If they get healthy and either Nor- Norris or Boyd can be a lefty sp- uh, specialist out of the bullpen, this team, which was built for this with a $200 million-plus payroll, oh, you know, a s- huge advantage over the Cleveland Indians, even after adding Andrew Miller payroll-wise, I-, I don't think you could have paid the price that some of these other teams did, which I'm going to go into right now, okay? So for and and don't forget, I also tweeted out yesterday. I understand if if the Tigers felt the price of starting pitching was too high, right? And that's I understand why, but they, that. But selling was never on. You're not going to sell when you have a dying owner. You're just not going to do it. But, but let me go is, into the price. That is my point. But if you're not going to buy and you have all these things, what are you doing? They're four because the team has been severely flawed all year long. In the last month and a half, their starting rotation and has been, s- hold on, 60% of their starting rotation in the last month and a half where they've made up three or four games on the Indians and they've made up tons of ground on the wild card where they're only a game and a half right now on a six-game winning streak against uh, two very good teams in Boston and Houston, both wild card. Okay, uh, that's fine. Teams as well. well. Boston's right on the verge of being in first. In okay, you made up ground. Sixty percent of your rotation was Sanchez, Pelfrey, and Boyd, and you still have made up ground. Now you're getting healthy. They for they weren't going to ever sell. But let me explain to you what maybe why they couldn't buy. For Araldis Chapman, the Chicago Cubs had to give up Gleyber Torres. Billy McKinley and another prospect. Torres, a shortstop, it was their number one prospect, one of the best prospects in the game, and their number four outfielder, Billy McKinney, for a ninth-inning closer who shoots up his garage. That's what they gave up for him, okay? The San Francisco Giants to get Matt Moore, and I'm not sure Matt Moore would have been a huge increase in the next two months over Norris if he's healthy or Boyd or any. This guy's no sure thing. What did, the, what did the San Francisco Giants give up for Moore, who to me is behind Oda Rizzi, Archer, and maybe even Smiley, who I would have wanted from that team starting oh, rotation Smiley's wise. been really bad this year. But his peripherals are not bad. Okay. He strikes out a lot per nine. I don't watch so a I'm whole saying, ton of Rays okay, baseball. Okay, I'm just so. saying Archer and Oda Rizzi I would have rather had, and I think Smiley and Moore is a toss-up. So what did you have to give up San Francisco for this guy, Matt Moore? Matt Duffy, who's already was an everyday third baseman for them, who's you know a decent player, he's already in the major leagues. Shortstop Lucius Fox, their number two prospect, and another prospect. So they already gave up someone off their roster and their second best prospect, who's very good. That's what they had to give up. The Texas Rangers to get Jonathan Lucroy, a guy who I said maybe the Tigers should get in on after Cleveland couldn't because of James McCann's 197 OPS against righties this year because he's not that great at framing pitches. And LaCroix is an excellent hitter. He's going to be here for, would have been here for this year, next year. I said, okay, maybe get into that uh, scenario. What did Texas, who has a much better farm system than Detroit Tigers, what did they give up? Outfielder Lewis Brinson and right-handed pitcher Luis Ortiz, the third and fifth best prospect that they have. The Tigers can't compete with these well, they teams. Also, they also gave up, uh, what, Dylan Tate for Beltron, which right, is crazy. That, right. That's a good, another good point. So, so for Beltron, a 39-year-old outfielder who is an, a free agent coming up in a few months, they don't have him for next year, just for this year, they gave up the number four pick in the 2015 15 MLB entry draft, Dylan Tate. Thank you for helping me out. You're welcome. One more I'm going to give you real quick. This is what it costs to get Rich Hill 
from Oakland, and uh, Josh Josh Reddick. Josh Reddick. Okay, so Rich Hill's 36 years old. He's got a blister problem. He hasn't pitched lately. There was there was talk that before the deadline that the pick would be whoever they got back would be conditional because you don't know what Hill's situation is going forward. He's an unrestricted free agent this year. He's 36. He's got no track record. His career war is four less than Mike Pelfrey. Fluke season. This reminds me of Jared Washburn. He's 36. This season came out of nowhere. Josh Reddick has like a 450 OPS against left-handed pitchers. Yeah, but he's Josh, a pl- Josh Reddick. No, he's very good against righties. Yes. He's very good against righties, but he's basically a platoon player at this point because he's terrible against lefties. So for basically a platoon outfielder and a 36-year-old unrestricted free agent starter, this is what the Los Angeles Dodgers gave up. One of the best farm systems in all of baseball. They're fourth and fifth and tenth prospects. Grant Holmes, Frankie Montez, and Jarrell Cotton. The price tag was enormous. I don't think the Tigers, unless unless they were going to give up, gut their entire farm system, Here's, they couldn't compete with this. With here is what it comes down to for me. You have all these things that are not going to be around for that much longer. The, the payroll, who knows? Who knows? Um, I suspect, much like you do, that the next owner is going to come in and probably continue to spend pretty heavy, but we don't know that. We don't. And I guarantee you, you don't know how I much longer someone who's you are going spend, to be. Let me tell you something. I guarantee you the next owner will either be Dan Gilbert or Tom Gores and Arn Tellum, and whoever that is, we are, they're going to spend a fuckload of money. We are agreeing on this, But, Jeff. Ho- but here's Jeff. the problem with the Tigers. There w- could be a period when they're trying to sell the team, the Karen Davidson lag after um, Mr. Davidson passed away with the Pistons, where Joe Dumars wasn't allowed to do anything. That's what I'm more worried about than the well, next owner. Well, at least owner. we know all the Illich kids are on the same page. Oh, wait. Um, well, it doesn't so, matter. There's only one Illich kid that matters, and that's Chris. Oh, exactly. Um, anyway, so my point comes down to you see those teams that have these great farm systems and these great prospects, how willing they were to part with them. Why? Why? For guys like Rich Hill. Why? Because they want to win a championship. No. And you yourself, no. Jeff, because, you yourself, because they have Jeff, deeper farm systems. Jeff, the Dodgers, when you're giving up the former number what number four overall pick was Dylan Tate for Carlos Beltran, it's not because you have all these other amazing top five prospects. Hold on. It's because Hold on. Hold you on. are trying to win a World Series title. That is my issue. When you have guys in their mid-30s, like Miguel Cabrera, who's declining this season. I know he's been hot lately, but... He's still not putting up Miguel Cabrera numbers. Uh, when you have somebody like Victor Martinez, who's what, 41 now? No, he's not that. No, he's not, no, he's not that 38. He's 38, 39. Um, when you have somebody like, okay, when you have somebody I'm not like Justin Verlander, who's having a great season, don't Jasper, get me wrong. Jasper, I, you've already repeated. I'm, I'm not disagreeing that they should have bought. I thought they should have at least got a, a lefty reliever. I thought they should have added some bench help. Uh, because this team is just flawed the way they're built. This but, team is not going to win a time. World Series. You don't as know constructed. that. I just don't see okay, it. That's fine. Not in. I don't see them overtaking I've said the this Indians all in this year. division. You're, I don't see them wrong. overtaking you're the Indians wrong. in this division. You're 100 percent wrong. I, I you're have no wrong. desire to be in a wild card game. Period. Well, it's it's, it's better than being sitting at home. I'll Who even knows chances. if you're going to make the wild card though? Because well, guess nobody what? knows. Because guess what? Jasper, you're spoiled. I hate to say this because because 
I hate the spoiled Tigers fan thing. You think the Cleveland Indians or the Chicago White Sox or the Minnesota Twins or, or the, even the Kansas City Royals who are coming off a World Series would it like a $200 million payroll? Hold on, let me finish. Paying the luxury tax. The Tigers already have an 80 to 90 to $100 million advantage on other teams in their division. Hold on. Good, so there's no excuse to not go all in. There's no, no Justin, excuse. When you added Justin Upton in the offseason to push yourself over the luxury tax, when you sign a, just, a Jordan Zimmerman to be your third or second starter, your a lot of the moves that they made came in the offseason. This team, as I said from day one, if they're healthy and they're somewhat managed properly, this is the best team the Tigers have had in this era. And I'll tell you why. Because it's the best bullpen since 2006. The best bullpen. And if, and when you get into the playoffs, if you do somehow get into the playoffs, you've got some of these starters who can, like I said, Boyd or Norris, they can pitch out of the pen, come out and lock down a lefty. You have, you have better options. This bullpen's the best it's been in a decade. No argument. This offense. I'm not going to argue with that. This offense with Ian Kinsler having all-star year. Cameron Mabin having a year off the charts for him. Miguel, Victor, J.D. coming back. One of their best offensive players. Justin Upton hitting like we know Justin Upton can in the last two months. This offense has the capability, when healthy, to be one of the best offenses this team has had in the last decade. Now, the starting pitching... Justin Verlander is one of the top ten starters in WAR in the American League. Maybe one of the five, top five or six pitchers. He's been he's been outstanding. Okay. Michael Fulmer, rookie of the year. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If Zimmerman can come back and be Jordan Zimmerman, he wasn't very Jordan Zimmerman like his what last. Well, he was month? probably hurt. I'm saying if Jordan Zimmerman can come back, you got three. You got three reliable starters, and you hope that out of the mix of Pelfrey, who's had four out of five or five four out of six pretty good starts lately. Norris, Boyd, forget Sanchez. This team has the potential to be very good as built. We all thought, I agree. hold on, we all thought in April, in March, in January, in February, that El Avila had done a great job of building this team in the offseason, putting it together. I still think this team could gel. You're making out the Cleveland, the Cleveland, look, the Tigers are four games back. A week ago today, the Tigers were, I think, seven games back of the Baltimore Orioles. They made up five games in the Baltimore Orioles last week. A team I think is comparable to the Cleveland Indians. They're incredibly hot right now. I'm I not understand. Gonna, I'm not going to disagree with that, Jeff. So my the point that is, they should though, have sold with all of the components on a six-game win streak with a two hundred million dollar payroll. No, with I a thought they should have bought. But when I they keep didn't buy, that. I know. But when they but didn't buy, if you didn't buy, if, buy, if you sold. didn't have the intention of buying and going all in, and really with all these factors that you're saying that this is a balanced offense, that you have the best bullpen you've had, if you're not going to go all in, I don't care about playoff appearances. I want a World Series. I want to win one. You know so what? So if you're not how willing many, to put how it many, all on the line, what is the point? Why are we here? Because I think they put it all, what you're saying, put it all on the line. I think they did that before the season started. It's semantics. Uh, I, and I, I think saying that Matt Boyd is on. untouchable is not, I, you I know, think that's that not was, putting it all I out I think there. that was pre-trade talk. I don't think Matt Boyd was untouchable. I guarantee Matt. not untouchable. I guarantee, you know what I mean. I understand. I guarantee Matt Boyd's name was discussed. I guarantee Daniel Norris's name was discussed. I guarantee even Kristen Stewart's name was discussed. 
I guarantee it. I find it hard to believe I that think you they should have, have made a trade. Stewart and uh, Stewart, okay. Boyd, and would you Jimenez trade for, for Odorizzi? For, okay, I don't think they would. No, they wouldn't you have done think it. So? I, I was told that the. I was told by someone who gave me the Upton story that Tampa. Okay. Tampa was asking for the world for Odorizzi and Archer. The world, because you got to remember Archer. I get Odorizzi's a good pitcher, though. You got to remember, and I'll tell you why. And this is what I was told in 2017. This coming off season. Go look at the free agent pitchers during the break. Oh, it's, who are free? It's 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 it's, 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 it's anemic. It's horrible. Yeah. So anyone who's got a good starter, a lot of times you're going to get the best value. Maybe the deadline. This year is an anomaly. You're not going to get the best value. You can get the best value come November, December at the you know at the at the owners meetings. If you've got starting pitching that you're willing to trade, like Archer or Odorizzi or Smiley, come this off season, teams aren't going to have an option to go out and add a Zimmerman, add a Price. You know, add someone like that. They're not going to, so they're going to have to make a trade. So these teams weren't in a pressing; uh, they didn't have a pressing urgency to deal. So I just think all of these things converge. I mean, when you say I wanted the Tigers the moon, to buy, what are they? What are they asking? Because Odorizzi, I believe, is uh, arbitration eligible. Well, what if they want after this year? If, so it's not like okay, you, what if they would have wanted him? Stewart, Manning, Jimenez, Norris? I mean, what if they wanted all of that? You can't gut your farm system for a guy. I can see gutting your farm system for a David Price. I can see gutting your farm system for a Zach Greinke. I can see gutting your farm system for type A class, but you can't do it. But the you're, Tigers you can't don't do even, it. But, but you can't what? do it. The Tigers don't even really and have that give many up, great you, prospects. You're so high on on, on on Hellickson pitching in the National League for the Philadelphia Phillies. No, I said no. Phillies. I said not Jeremy right. Hellickson. And you're going to give up. You're going to give up Norris and Stewart. You can't do it. I agree. At some the guy point, had to be you right. got to draw the line, and I think that's what happened. Yeah, I that and. Again, for me, as somebody, I want a World Series. It's funny because I see there being a little bit of a juxtaposition with my uh, take on this and your take on the Pistons, where you want the Pistons to sell Andre Drummond because you just don't believe the roster is constructed. Well, I don't like him. I, don't I understand, like him. but you d- you've also said you don't think the roster is constructed can compete for a championship. With I bet five hundred dollars that with you that I the know. Tigers are closer to a championship than the Pistons, and I still believe it to this I, day. My point is, we have. Sort of the, the opposite opinion on both these things. I don't think the Tigers, with this roster, I just think there are too many questions. I think there are way too many things that can go wrong. All right, if we're going to get of those big, on. If one of those Take big three guys goes down, we'll I talk, don't see how you can Schoen. win in the playoffs. We can talk period. to Schoen about this. So we can, you can talk to him, and maybe he can set you straight. Uh, we're going to talk to Ryan when we come back. We're going to go to a break, and... Uh, Hope you enjoyed the Tigers talk. Uh, Jasper is just completely bonkers on this discussion. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. That uh, Psychosocial by Slipknot there, song they wrote, I think, about me. (laughs) I I have breaking news from our sponsor, CaliTickets.com. Uh, the proprietor of CaliTickets.com, Mark Goldman, down in Brazil, I presume for the Olympics. I, I would hope for the Olympics. I don't think there's any other reason to go to Brazil. If you need any Olympic tickets, if there's anyone in this audience who's going down to Rio, that's where they are, right? I, I yes. couldn't care less about the Olympics. I guess that they're in Rio. Uh, you know what's you know a quick aside. Yeah, the uh, the Olympic I believe it was the Olympic Committee. Way to they, interrupt a live read, Jasper. No, sorry, no, oh, I'm no. just kidding. I just gotta say this. They uh, apparently they cautioned swimmers for the Olympics 
uh, not to <laughs> swim with their, not to open their mouths or get water in, the in their mouths while they're in Rio. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so Michael Phelps, while you're do- crossing that uh, that 200 meter butterfly, just remember, keep your mouth closed. Try not oh, to breathe oh, during it. So anyway, if you want uh, tickets to any of the events and all the events at the Olympics. The 2016 Summer Olympics. If you want to risk Zika virus, terrorism, anything else that could come in your way to watch water polo and synchronized swimming, you can call. You can't go online. The tickets are only on the phone. Call 877-225-8425. That's 877-225-8425 for all of your Olympic needs. And if something, God forbid, happens to you down there, the uh, DSR and Kelly tickets hold nobody. We, we cannot be held responsible. We might have to have you sign a waiver. Joining us now on the line, a gentleman who I appear with every Monday on 92.1 FM in Lansing, the team. A gentleman by the name of Ryan Schuling. Welcome to the pro- program, Ryan. What's up, Shu? Hey, Jeff, Jasper, Jessica, three J's. Happy to be with you all. There is the voice of God Hi. right there. Hello. Hello. Three oh. J's. Uh, doesn't that have something to do with our next topic, Jeff? It's a, no, I think it's a deli at uh, down in Miami Beach. Oh, okay. Sounds great. So were you listening to the uh, first uh, few minutes of the podcast, or have you been busy? I've been busy, Jeff, listening and trying to wrap my head around Jasper's argument. Now, earlier <laughs> in the podcast, Jasper had me cracking up with the hand job, the blow job transition. I mean, he's on point, right? But I think in a lot of ways to the DSR, he's a prospect like Nick Castellanos was. And I'm big on Jasper. I think I go against the grain there. He's caught a lot of heat recently. He was suspended. I think I he's like more Jasper. like, I'd compare him more to Bruce Rondone. That's bro, oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to give him a little more credit than that. Holy what I'm hell. One, one million, one million dollar arm, 10 cent brain. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. That, right, go on, Ryan. That's harsh. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is there are still holes in his game that get exposed. And when you're in debate class, for instance, in high school, what they challenge you to do is to argue the other side. And if I was presented Jasper's argument, I would fail the course because there is no argument i'm sitting here nodding in unison with jeff and it's not just because he's right which he is but i'm trying to again i'll come at this from a different angle for jasper the tigers after getting swept by cleveland toward the end of the first half jasper were even 538 and 38 since that time without jordan zimmerman without jd martinez without daniel norris they're 19 and 10 what team in Major League Baseball has a better record than that over the last month? I, I would assume none from, from the way you're none. speaking. There Zero. We go. That's the best record in Major League Ten Baseball. And they've done it ass. again without those three guys. So if you add them to the mix here and you're hoping, again, you're right, there are question marks, there are doubts, there are concerns. No team is a lock in the American League, and not even Texas after what they did and went out and got Lucroy and some help as well. And I'm looking at the American League standings here, Jasper, and you're, you're saying the Tigers, without buying, they're done. What American League team right now scares you so much that the Tigers, they're just out of it. They've got to sell everything. You either go big or go home, and you took that quite literally. Well, I, I don't think they're done. 
I'm not saying this is a team that can't make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win this division. I I simply don't have the faith in this manager. Uh, I don't have the faith in the starting pitching even, really, outside of, of JV and Fulmer. I don't feel all that comfortable. And even Fulmer with the, the innings limit, I, I don't think that's going to ultimately be an issue with him. But, again, it's another question mark. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Well, let me... Let me ask you this quick, yeah, sure. real quick. Uh, can you come up with any reason why Annabelle Sanchez is going to be t- taking the bump in about uh, 55 minutes? Any at all? No, I'm, I'm livid about it, and, and I'm with Jasper on auspice. You're not going to get me to defend him. I'm right there with you guys, and Jeff especially with this over the course of the year. It's mind-numbing. And the, the very standard that he has set for Daniel Norris, well, he's got to go down to Toledo and pitch well. Annabelle Sanchez has been the worst starting pitcher in the American League at the major league level. And you're giving him a pass one after the other just because I understand he's making the big contract. But how much worse off, honestly, if you take out one start, like you mentioned earlier, Jeff, that he had, I believe it was against the Twins, so take that for what it's worth. You take that out, he has been beyond abysmal. How much worse off are you going into a game with Daniel Norris right now, assuming he's healthy, and he is, they've activated him, they've optioned him, than having Otto Sanchez roll out there and you know you're in for batting practice. I mean, Osmus just, he doesn't even make intelligent arguments about this, and I love that Katie Strang at least put those quotes out there because they're ridiculous. Well, here's the thing, and, and look, we've been on your show talking about Osmus's issues, the fact that I think he's cost the team a good three, four, five games this season, but at some point, El Avila's got to enter the equation. And I, you know, I've yeah. been asking on Twitter... Sam Menzen, the the, uh, vice president of baseball operations, who follows me now, uh, I've been asking Mm -hmm. him and Christopher Long. Of course, they don't answer me. Uh, You know, the guy who's in charge of coding for the team now and is uh, in the organization, Christopher Long. I've been asking these guys, what is with this roster construction? You know, you can blame Osmus for starting Anibal Sanchez. You can blame, maybe in the past, him putting Mark Lowe into games where they're still in them. But at the end of the day, El Avila could take those toys away from Brad Osmus. Anibal Sanchez could be DFA'd. I mean, Matt Krause, who's had a pretty good year in AAA, could pitch today. Maybe the element of surprise, the, uh, you know, maybe Chicago isn't familiar with him. They're very familiar with Anibal Sanchez. Get two or three innings out of him. You know, the, the, the other thing that we're going to look at today is what kind of leash does Sanchez have with Osmus managing today, knowing the bullpen is at Full guns, 100% loaded. That's going to be intriguing because we know what he, what happened in Toronto a few weeks ago with Annabelle Sanchez in a similar position when the Tigers, Ryan, didn't have a game for another five days. Well, Every, well, hold on. I'm yeah, I, was, on. I thought you were done. I was actually a, at that game in person, Jeff, the Annabelle Sanchez start in Toronto, and you could really tell. I mean, he's got one foot on a banana peel and the other in the grave from the moment he takes the mound. And maybe he lucks his way into going a few innings and possibly putting them in position to win. But it's a long shot. It's like counting on rolling snake eyes. The mathematical odds against it are prohibitive. And there's just no upside to him starting right now. And the Tigers, unfortunately, in their history, they have had a disturbing tendency to remain married to big money deals. They pay a guy. You've got to play the guy. He's on the roster. He's going to play. He's going to start. He's going to come in. And whether that's Mark Lowe or Annabelle Sanchez this year, Joe Nathan in past years, they should have punted him out to pasture well before they did. And 
they hang on, they hang on, they hang on because they can't view it as a sunk cost, but they just cut loose, cut bait on and run. You're better off with Norris in there right now. You do what it takes to put yourself in the best position to win games. And right now that's a no brainer. It's pretty much anybody but Sanchez. Well, Ryan, here's, here's something just real quick. I was just looking through his, uh, his game log. Anibal Sanchez has made 16 starts this year. Five of them, only in five of them has he given up less than four runs, and three of those games came in April. So you can even say if you take out April, he has been an unmitigated disaster in every single time you've thrown him out there for a start. And I want to bring it back just quickly for a second to what you were criticizing me for, for my take. And I think part of where my frustration here and, and where I'm coming from really comes from the fact that I, like Jeff said, the roster construction, what, and, and the way that this team seems to really lack a direction in a cohesive direction in which they want to move. It feels as though the front office doesn't have a clue whether they think they are legitimate contenders or whether they are almost doing like a soft rebuild at this point. It feels as though there that is makes a no lack sense. of direction. They've got a $200 million payroll. They're making stupid decisions, Ryan, on Avilas and Romine, having both of them on. Moya should be up at some point as a left-handed bat. But I just think it's yeah. incompetence. It's not that they don't know what they're doing, Ryan. They just did. They Ryan, didn't, they, oh, go ahead, Ryan. Well, I mean... Jasper, what you're talking about, again, you're kind of analyzing this in binary code. Either it is or it isn't. Either you are or you're not. And I think the Tigers, they have to have an eye on the future, knowing that they sold a year ago. They added some assets to the farm system, and thank God they did that. Think about where they'd be without the Cespedes trade that brought Michael Fulmer to town, or Daniel Norris, when he finally gets healthy, they at least have some uh, viable assets in return for guys that were all going to leave anyway. So they did that with an eye on the future. If you continue down that path, which I, I kind of get where you're coming from there, but like Jeff just mentioned, you're at a $200 million payroll. You have not won the World Series for an owner who is on the brink of death, and they're close enough. They're close enough now to justify holding the hand they have. Now, Jasper, you're not always going to get dealt ace-king suited, big slick, in Texas Hold'em poker. You're going to have a variable at some point, and you've got to bet that hand the way that it is. And the Tigers' hand is good enough right now with the pieces that they have. Once these guys come back, J.D. in a couple of days, Zimmerman's in the rotation on Thursday. Hopefully Norris replaces Sanchez at some point. And now you're talking about these fringe guys being pushed back out where you're not starting like Aviles in right field, and you're not starting out of all Sanchez. And hopefully there comes a day when you're strong enough you don't even have to start Pelfrey. They're close enough where they have a realistic chance. They have a puncher's chance of winning the American League. There is no team in the American League right now that scares me. If I'm a Tigers fan, not one, not even Texas, and certainly not Cleveland. Because as Jeff mentioned, if you take the head-to-heads out, Detroit's a better team. And for Anibal Sanchez, you mentioned it, Jasper, you're right. Even in his good start against Minnesota, I believe they still lost that game. I think there's something like 0-11 or 0-12 in his last however many starts. If they just had a replacement-level pitcher who maybe won you half of those games, they'd be in first place right now. Well, I mean, well, hold if, on, hold if on. only they had... Hold on, hold on. I want to get to something real oh, quick okay. before I forget. Because this is roster construction again. Why is J.D. Martinez not up on this team right now? He's had 33 at-bats down there. He's hitting fine. Um, 
I know that he didn't play the outfield, I think, until over the weekend and that they're worried about his arm. But let me bring something up to you. These are the OPS numbers for Victor Martinez by month. Okay, you ready for this? April, 1,038. May, 843. June, 828. July, which just ended, 651. Do you notice Mm. something with those numbers? They're going down. Now, I'm not saying that Victor Martinez should get benched. What I'm saying is, if it's going to take another day or two for J.D. Martinez, uh, you know, throwing long ball, you know, throwing the ball around to get comfortable playing in right field, why can't you call him up right now and say, Victor, you know, you're going to get two days off to reset. You know, you had you just had a month where your slugging percentage went down uh, about 150 points from where it's been all year long. Maybe the long summer's wearing on you. Let's get J.D.'s bat back up here. You can take a couple days off. You come back refreshed, and then J.D. moves to the outfield. It's, it's just more of the same of zero urgency. Sanchez pitching tonight. J.D. could be play, playing tonight. Give Victor a night off. Maybe tomorrow or Thursday, J.D. can play the outfield. Steven Moya could be up here as a left-handed pinch hitter because they really don't have that off the bench instead of Romine Revealus. It just continues to baffle me. As I've said, they think the season doesn't end until next year. Here's the thing, Jeff. I'll touch quickly on J.D. because you're absolutely right. He could come up as a D.H. You give Victor a couple days, and that might really benefit him. Also, the numbers you mentioned, his better numbers have come with J.D. hitting behind him in the order. So you make that happen as well. Not that Nick's done a bad job. He certainly is not. But whatever reason, Victor's been better in that regard as well. And then to your point on urgency. The point I make on my show all the time I think is exactly valid here, and that is Brad Osmus is like that ace student that think he has it all figured out, and, yeah, maybe he flunks the first couple of tests, but he'll got, he's got plenty of time. He'll kick the can down the road. I'll make up for it with a project at the end of the semester. I'll ace the, the uh, end exam. But the thing is, you put yourself in a position, and he's done this. He's done this the last two years where you're punting games here and punting games there and not starting this guy there and not winning the game. And those are just games that when you lose them in April and you lose them in May, you've got to make them up in August and September, and they all cost the same. So you're exactly right. It's not like you go pedal to the metal for 162 games, but you've got to put yourself in a position to win as many games as possible on the front end so you don't have to make them up on the back end when, who knows, Cleveland gets hot and just runs away with it. You're absolutely right. I just When is it urgent for Brad Ausmus? A week to go? Two weeks to go? And by then it might be too late. Well, I think you bring up a great point about J.D. Martinez batting behind Victor Martinez being better for Victor because uh, we've seen that teams are like, like the White Sox uh, managed by, of course, their great manager, Paul Molitor, uh, they have they have pitched around Victor Martinez to get to Nick Castellanos more so. Perhaps part of it is JD not being in there and teams simply saying, Hey, we're gonna we're willing to pitch around him, we're willing to give him less easy things to hit so that we can get to Nick Castellanos. I that think, doesn't I, mean I, I think it's more the fact that the guy's thirty eight years old, he's coming off a couple major knee surgeries and it's you know, 95 degrees every night, and I just think he's wearing down. That's And that's why I think— And it very well could right, be. Right, and I think that's why giving him a couple days off, calling up J.D., mm-hmm. uh, when you've got—you know, if you look, and I'm going to pull this up real quick while you talk about— 33 at-bats already? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, 
I, I want to. I'm going to give you something real quick. I want. I want to read off, and this is why I think urgency is so important because I want to read off some of the starting pitchers, Ryan, and get your take on this that the Tigers are going to be facing over the next few, few a week or so. Okay, you ready for this? These are the pitchers. Yep. Forget Shields tonight, who's actually been a little better since he just was in a terrible abortion when he first came over to Chicago from San Diego. But here's some of the guys, right? Sale, Quintana, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Iwakuma, uh, uh, Hernandez from Seattle. Familiar with his work? <laughs> Darvish, Hamels, Duffy. Those are up until between now and August 17th, 15 days. The Tigers are facing some of the biggest name pitchers in baseball when you're chasing a team where you're four games behind Cleveland who has an easier schedule. That's why every game right now is so crucial. Those names are are terrifying, and I don't think a lot of Tiger fans have looked that much in the future to see that those are the guys they're going to be going against in the next week or so. And that's so true. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned this point, I think, earlier today on Twitter. You could have pitched Fulmer tonight on regular rest with the Monday off. And if you're going to skip a start here or there going down the line, do it. But do it when you have Zimmerman and Norris back in the fold. As few starts as you have to endure with either Sanchez or Pelfrey on the mound, the better. So I don't understand why Sanchez at all, but why Sanchez tonight and in a game against James Shields, that you should be able to batter that guy around the yard if you just had a competent, capable pitcher starting for your own squad, which they don't. And so you're exactly right. All those names you're rattling off, I mean, those are guys that if they ace the Tigers, I know you and I have talked about this a lot, I would gladly tip my cap to. These are no clowns going out there. And you're right. They've got to have all their guns ablaze. And I just wonder how long Brad Ausmus thinks he's got this $200 million engine. And it's idling right now. Now, they're doing very well. They won six in a row. But you know what I mean in terms of they don't have all their guns going. You get them all back. When do you finally go full throttle? When do you finally shift into overdrive and really put this pedal to the metal? you got two months to go. you got list four these games, games to make up on the Cleveland Indians. I, want to, I just want to reiterate this. I want to list these names off once again because this is between now and August 17th. Sale. It's brutal. Sale, Quintana, Syndergaard, DeGrom, Hernandez, Darvish, Hamels. I mean, just, and there's all other guys who are having good years, but the, like that's terrifying. It should be scary. I mean, Iwakuma, and you need all Iwakuma hands is the on deck. Easiest pitcher you have. Well, there's other the guys too. Oh, there's oh. other some other guys, Verrett, and some other guys who aren't. Oh, having, okay. You know, it's great. I'm just saying those are some of the guys during that time they're going to be facing. So, you know, it, it just to me, there's been no sense of urgency all year. You need all hands on deck right now. You've got to stay in this thing. You've clawed your way back to four games back, one game and a half out of the wild card. And and in those teams you're facing, you're competing with Boston, uh, Baltimore, Toronto, Houston. These are good teams. Now, the one advantage I said the other day regarding the wild card I think the Tigers have, and I wonder if you agree, Ryan, is you know the Tigers are in a division where 60% of the teams really are just playing it out now. Uh, Minnesota might even be better right now. It might be more dangerous to play Minnesota and some of the younger players. Uh, and Joe Maurer coming around some of those those other guys, then even Kansas City and Chicago, who, you know, Kansas City won the World Series last year, and they're they're out of it. I mean, they they know they're out of it. Uh, they just put Wade Davis on the DL. They've had injuries all season long, so they're playing out the string at this point. Very disappointed. Chicago started the season off gangbusters. They've fallen apart. They were talking about selling basically everything. I don't know why they didn't sell some of their options. I guess maybe because they think then the offseason they'll they'll still have the, that uh, type of leverage. But we've sixty percent of the teams are not very good in our division. We don't play Cleveland until you know September, 
while Baltimore, yep. Toronto, um, and and Boston are going to be killing each other with that slanted schedule in the AL East, and even New York. I know they traded away some of their bullpen guys. They're still not a terrible team. So you're, the Tuckers have a huge advantage over those three teams that they're going to be killing themselves. And we have, I know once we get through this death row of starting pitchers, uh, it's it's a lot easier. I think the Tigers have an advantage there, Ryan. The Tigers have the easiest uh, remaining schedule of any AL team. Right. What do you think well, about And that's that? a key point I was just going to make, Jasper. They've got 12 of the next 18 at home. They've got nine more home games than road games down the stretch. And as Jeff just mentioned, because you have the unbalanced schedule with more of the games against central teams, you, you've got to make hay while the sun's shining, so to speak, and especially against the Twins but against the Royals and White Sox, too. And, yeah, you get to punt Cleveland down the line where you don't have to see them except toward the end of the season. Those are going to be obviously big games. But until you get to those games, they've got to win series, uh, plain and simple. And that starts tonight. And that's why it's so frustrating that Sanchez is on the mound because you have every opportunity to go a leg up in the series against the White Sox, and then you're throwing some guns against Sale and Quintana. And as Jeff mentioned, those are two dominant arms right now. You've got to get this win tonight. And with Sanchez, it's, it's a coin flip at best. So we open this show up uh, discussing how I'm a pariah in this town and how Jess said, quote, I could name off a lot other people who don't like you. Correct? That doesn't include me, just so no, we're I clear. Know, I know, I know, but I yes. know, I know. Uh, so I'm wondering, is someone who puts me on weekly, the Mondays with Moss segment, I'm just wondering, how much negative feedback do you get to this day about that? And have there been any, um, has there been any collateral damage? Ah, great question. What, what I would say right now, Jeff, and this might shock a lot of people in the audience, and maybe it doesn't, I'm getting a lot more negative feedback, I don't know why, but on Greg Henson for coming on Fridays, and I think it's because he's a Wolverine <laughs> you know, getting after a lot of the Spartan fans out there. But what I've noticed with your segment I think you're an acquired taste. You're like an 18-year-old scotch, you know, and people, they might kind of at first be pushed away from the table from it, but people like Karen in Hudsonville, she's a very solidly Christian grandmother, loves your segment, tunes into it every day. I've had all kinds of positive feedback, people saying this is the one segment I look forward to the most listening to your show. I like your show a lot, but it's far better with Moss on it. And, and that's the kind of lightning in a bottle I was hoping to tap into going back to when I first invited you on the air in Grand Rapids. I knew what you brought to the table, and I know that this television project is probably going to take off too. And why? Because the very role that you fulfill is a, is a glaring void in the Detroit market right now, and it has been for many years. And I felt it before I even knew you, Jeff, and you and I are of a similar age, but the old guns that we used to look up to, the Alak of the world, and to a certain degree, his personalities in question with Joe Falls. You know what I'm talking about. Guys that had an edge, had an opinion, got into brawls almost in the locker rooms with athletes, with coaches. The decorum has totally changed. It's a genteel atmosphere, and that's all well and good. But the sports fans of Detroit want somebody that's looking out for them, and that's you. And that's why I think it's so important that somebody gives you an avenue to have that voice, because otherwise, it's just vanilla and tapioca pudding all over the radio and TV waves, and I'm sick of that. I've been sick of that. And it's so fresh what you bring with this podcast and hopefully this television show as well. So what I'm hearing, Ryan, is that you are 100% fully committed to appearing on every episode of the new Detroit Sports Rag <laughs> television show. That is wonderful stuff to hear, even though you did 
just, if I'm not mistaken, compare uh, people who like Jeff and the DSR to drunks. I, you know, I don't know if that was necessarily appropriate, but I'll let it go for now. Uh, well, I think we yeah. both know our target demographic are usually hitting the bottle. Yeah. You kind of have to be, don't no, you? I, yeah, I say it without reservation. I'm, I'm I mean, sh- obviously, Jeff mentioned this earlier in the podcast. We didn't talk about it here yet. But when, when hit him with the hind happens, and now that's taking off, and that's so random and out of nowhere, and I'm just playing the straight man. I don't know what's going on in that segment, but it worked. That's why it worked. Moss comes up, hits that, sends it off to Howard Stern. Would I have been on Howard Stern without Jeff Moss in my program? The answer is a hard no. Well, so, you, maybe if you I mean, I'd, I'd like to see Valenti get on Howard Stern. I don't see that happening. You could have been on, you know, you could have been on Howard Stern if you would have chopped someone up and put them in your freezer up there in Lan- <laughs> uh, up there in Lansing. I mean, you could have, there, there, there That's are, another route I could have explored. There, yeah. are, there are ways that you can get on Howard Stern without, like, without the hit him with the hind. I mean, your girlfriend could chop your nuts off. Uh, there are plenty yeah, of other. Sure. You, you could agree to go on and, and uh, get teabagged by Captain Sack, uh, Sal, Vol- Sal <laughs> Governal. Uh, there's, there are other ways to get on Howard. We kind of did it the easy way. Uh, and well, it's hilarious because this thing has now taken off. I mean, and, and, and like I said before uh, on your show, we haven't even hit, we haven't even hit the hit him with the hind on the DSR podcast because I thought we did a good job last Monday on your show talking about it. Uh, and last week was just jam-packed, and I really didn't want to uh, get into that discussion. But now that you're on, I think we, we can spend a couple minutes on it. It's just unbelievable that basically Jason Kaplan, who is the associate producer uh, for the uh, Howard Stern Show, basically used the clip that was on your program as leverage. It, there was no real reason for that clip to be on, other than the fact that Jason was very desirous of hit him with the hind becoming the next Baba Booey to drive John Hine crazy, the uh, host of the wrap-up show after Howard's program. And that's why it got on. And we talked about the whole entire fight that he had with J.D. Harmeyer. J.D., who's friends with John Hine, didn't want to give him the clip to Howard. There was a big argument. Jason went above J.D.'s head and personally gave the clip to Howard. And Howard agreed after he heard you and me talking to play it. And what's happened since then is every dream of Jason Kaplan, and I've talked to Jason many times on private message on Twitter since this occurred, it has gone absolutely nuts. The hit him with the hind was all over the PGA Championship in New Jersey over the weekend. There was one great one that you retweeted where Hendrick Stenson was on the uh, was on the tee, drove his ball, and you got to hit him with the hind. Uh, it's it's been in porn on browsers. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> It was on. Wait, I am not aware of this. Yeah. So there was a porn that Howard played last week, like four days after or five days after uh, the segment, which was you know led off by Ryan and myself talking. You know, they hit him with the hind. Brazzers put together a porn real quick where this guy was fucking the girl, and he starts yelling out, "Hit him with the hind!" Okay, wait. I really don't. I'm Brazzers. Like, yeah, Brazzers. I don't know how I missed this. Yeah, right. No, I, I, yeah, exactly. that's, that seems unlikely. But uh, okay, I think if you say so. Stan Lee, the uh, comic legend. Yes. I'm not big into comics. Was it Marvel or DC? It's Marvel. Marvel. Okay. He, thank he you. only made every single I, Marvel superhero you care. About. I know. I know. I'm not a comic guy. I'm just not <laughs> him a and com- Jack Kirby. That's why I asked you. Yes. You look like a comic guy. Right. Um, so. Oh, so you're was, saying I'm a virgin and a drunk now, huh, Jeff? You're definitely not a virgin. We know that you've had sex at least 800 times. Um, 
So here's the deal. Stan Lee, I think his son might be in the uh, comic business or someone, or Stan Lee himself, one of them did a Marvel comic, hit him with the hind. I don't know if you saw that. No show. way. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> so it's all over the place. And really, it's because I went on your show and said hit him with the hind. Because if I don't do that, there's no reason for Howard and you know for Jason to get it back into the show that day. None. Nobody. As JD said, this has not taken off. There's only one guy in Detroit who mentioned it. That was it. Yep. And because of that, now John Hine has to live the rest of his life hearing "Hit with the Hine," and it gets better than that. I don't even know if you know this, Ryan, but a member of the DSR uh, staff—I'm not going to name names. He might be a little small, short gentleman of Indian descent. I'm not going to go go any further than that. Uh, goes to the University of Michigan. Do you know who else goes to U of M in Ann Arbor? John Hines' daughter. And, oh, boy. And that uh, gentleman of Indian descent uh, with glasses, not going to say his name. Mr. Jizz Stain himself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he is friends with girls, friends with John Hines' daughter. And he claims he's going to a sorority party in September where John Hines' daughter will be there, and he's going to go up there and hit her with the hind. That is how far <laughs> this has come. Were you aware of that, Ryan? Uh, I now you've got a mental image in my head of uh, Mahir <laughs> Who? and Who? this young hind daughter, and somehow Mahir making time with this girl in the midst of passion, yelling out, hitting with the hind. No, no, no. He's got Mahir's got. I mean, no, she's got to ask him to. All right. Oh, no, no, she's gonna hit. Mahir's him got with a girlfriend. Yeah. Mahir's got a girlfriend. So I don't think. Oh, be okay. Any, okay. I don't think. Be any. Any. Well, I mean, exactly. You're talking about uh, porn, stern, scotch. Deja vu sponsoring your segment. Jeff, this is the type of sports talk that needs to be on television, and it's why it's perfect timing for you to launch that project. Over under, how many weeks does this show air? I'll set it at three and a half. I'll set the over under three and a half. How many weeks? Over under. Uh, on the TV show? Yeah, three and a half. Over under. Over. Easy over. Okay. Oh, over under. How many strippers make an appearance <laughs> on the DSR TV show in that in that time period? Uh, hey, hundred like Stern said, if I'm going to do this, I got to go all the way, and, and that's how Moss has approached his writing with the blogs coming on my show, and that's the thing. We don't have any unwritten agreement or spoken. Moss has come after me on Twitter. That's fine. I take it in stride. I don't want anything on there that's inauthentic, and that's what you're going to get from him—the raw edge of his honest analysis, and I want him lightening the guests on his panel. I would love to see him be kind of like Morton Downey Jr. I mean, that's the kind of sports talk I want to watch. The best is when we get in the argument over, what's his name, Shashin, or I don't even know how to pronounce it, that constant argument about the Tigers getting shut down. And I was like, I was not going after you and calling you names. It was just I disagree with the point. And I was, you know, I was aggressively disagreeing with you on Twitter. And I had about five or six people attack me saying, this is why you have no friends in the media. This guy is the only person who puts you on. You bite the hand that feeds you. I was just being viciously attacked by my own followers saying, why are you doing this? Not, under, not knowing that I know that Ryan, uh, unlike Theo Spite, uh, has a sense of humor about himself and... He has no problem with me disagreeing with him on a subject because he's not uh, a thin-skinned uh, broadcaster. So I appreciate that. And look, if I say something stupid, I hope you go after me. I, 
That's just the way it is. I have no problem being called out. I know I very rarely say anything as stupid as what Jasper uh, discussed in our second segment, but uh, I, I appreciate you coming on, Ryan. Um, who's on the show tomorrow? Anyone? Anyone good? T- Tony Paul. How, how did you get that intel? Is Tony Paul coming on the show? Tony Paul is going to be on the Schuling Report tomorrow. Yes, he's making his triumphant return. Oh, okay. Listen. How did you know that? He's got spies be- everywhere. Because, because, be- be- I didn't tell him that. He didn't tell I me. I was going to maybe break that news on this show, but you already did. I, oh, I'm sure Tony probably hit him up himself. No, right? that didn't happen. Whoa, oh, you guys are... <laughs> maybe, hey, Tony, hey, uh, Ryan, maybe tomorrow on the show, maybe you can see if you can uh, have an intervention. Maybe you can be the therapist and see if like you next week you, we can have a segment Moss and Tony working out our differences. You can be like the uh, independent arbiter. If I owe an apology, you can make that ruling. It could be like a you know Judge Judy. T- I lay my case, he lays his, and then you rule. Tony's gonna hit you with a "Hey, go fuck yourself." That's what's gonna happen, Jeff. Well, listen, with the if anybody's uniquely qualified in that position to serve in that role, it's me because. Tony and I have had a solid relationship, you know, for a lot of years, going back to when he was first starting out. And uh, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff that not a lot of people know about that I'm not licensed to speak about. But suffice it to say, Tony sided with me, and that meant a lot to me. And I'm glad that he's coming back on. Jeff, you know I love having you on the show as well. And I've offered in the past to be the referee in studio for you to debate Graham Couch. I'm still on board with that. If Graham ever agrees to it, that's great radio. And I would love to do the same for you and Tony. I do think we can make amends here. All right. I hope, well, I, hope I'll be, I will be listening because as uh, I, I know that Tony's mad at me, he unfriended me. He pulled the Sparrow triumvirate. <laughs> no, actually, he, he, didn't un, he didn't block me on Twitter. He just un, unfollowed me as a friend on Facebook. So if you can work out that relationship, I'm still retweeting Tony. I'm still promoting him in my article I wrote yesterday, which we're going to get to in a, in a minute uh, when, when we hang up on you. So anything you can do to uh, mend fences, I would appreciate. So listen to uh, Ryan's show tomorrow between 1 and 3 on 92.1 FM in Lansing. Uh, I always retweet. Uh, I always tweet out the uh, link. You can go to the 92.1 website down in Detroit. You can't listen to it on the radio. Who cares? You can listen on your computer, your smartphone. Uh, anything you want, and it's the best Detroit sports talk on the radio in Michigan, even though it's in our state's capital. I appreciate you coming on, Ryan. I appreciate you continuing to have me on the air every Monday. Uh, it is yep. very, uh, I'm very appreciative of all of the things you've done for the DSR. So, right, Jasper's got thank, one. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you for calling me Nick Castellanos. Hopefully, I won't turn out to be Justin Turner. So. We'll see. Jacob Turner. Jacob Jeff, Turner. Yeah. Jasper, Justin Jessica, Turner. it's been great. Turner? Thanks for the time. I'll look forward to doing it again soon. All right. Uh, we are going to now, should we take a quick break? or sh- How much time we got? About nine minutes? Uh, yeah, about that. Take about a, let's take about a minute or two break. We're going to come back and we're going to finish the show talking about the David Mayo article that I absolutely assassinated on the DSR yesterday. You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. All right, back last segment of the DSR podcast. I didn't really think we'd fill two hours tonight, but uh, miraculously we we did with a, a dead time. Thanks to Ryan for joining us. That was a very interesting segment. Uh, I want to talk before we leave. I wake up yesterday morning, Jasper, I don't know, about 8.30, 8 o'clock, whatever, and I noticed that Evan Woodbury, the new uh, MLive.com Tigers beat writer, had tweeted out an article, a link to an article. So I thought it was his because 
uh, up until recently, there's there have been a, there's been a columnist writing for MLive.com. They'd never, other than maybe Bill Simonson writing uh, opinion pieces. Uh, they just they've had the beat writers Justin Rogers, Katzenstein, Ayat, mm-hmm. uh, those guys writing articles, but no real columnist. Well, a few weeks ago, David Mayo, who was the Pistons beat writer for MLive, uh, got promoted to columnist. And they replaced him with, I think, I forget the guy's name, McCann, who's going to be the new Pistons beat writer. Uh, so I mistakenly thought that the article that Woodbury, who just came up from NOLA.com, where he was covering the Saints, I thought it was his words. I didn't look at the byline. Because, you know, if someone tweets something out, you just kind of think it's them. If they don't say, like, right, you know, written right, by. Right, Usually, yeah. You know, that's exactly. So this is, like, first thing in the morning. <clears throat> I'm about getting ready to go to work, and I see this article, and it's titled, uh, let me get to that, quote, Tiger's not likely to repeat sins of the past at trade deadline. And I read that that headline, like, what the fuck could Woodbury be talking about? It makes no sense. The Tigers over the last decade have made great trade deadline move after great trade deadline move. Uh, Peralta, Fister. Casey, I listed them off in the article. You can go through and read them. Uh, but even Iglesias for Abisal Garcia has worked out very well. And the moves that the Tigers have made that didn't pan out, as I mentioned in the article, acquiring an Aubrey Huff, a Jared Washburn, it's not like the prospects that they sent back ever burned them. No prospect to this, uh, as of this writing, or excuse me, as of this writing of this article, or as of the broadcast of this podcast, no Tiger prospect has come back to hurt them, to burn them in the last decade. Now, maybe Willie Adamas or Jake Thompson, who was part of the Soria trade, he got sent to Texas and then he ended up in Philly. Uh, or, you know, Adamas, who's with Tampa because of the price trade. Maybe those guys one day will come in the majors and hurt the Tigers. But the Tigers have had such, are living on house money because for a decade they've added guys and it's never come back to haunt them. You could, uh, Suarez. Eugenio Suarez is but that maybe, wasn't a deadline move. But that's that not even a deadline. No, it move. happened that's exactly fucking around bad. Christmas. Yeah, that was no deadline move. Yeah, he made bad trades. Dombrowski at the end, uh, the Suarez Simon trade, the second Fister trade. But uh, even then, you can say they weren't something. Ghost, they weren't. They weren't. You know, goes for Travis. But those completely. weren't. Those weren't. Those weren't deals that were made at the deadline. Okay, so so made, Jeff, what was the trade deadline? Ghost John Smoltz. For Doyle Alexander, 29 years ago, which wasn't a bad trade. It wasn't a bad trade. The Tigers won the division, the AL Central, because of that trade. Doyle Alexander pitched well the next season. John Smoltz was a minor leaguer drafted in the 22nd round with like a 5-point ERA in Double A. The Tigers had nobody thought John Smoltz was going to be a Hall of Famer starter. Turn closer, turn starter, turn closer. Nobody thought that. It was a great trade. I don't care what happened after in hindsight, you dumb fuck David Mayo. Now let's go to David Mayo for a second. We're running out of time. we got to get to this. This is a convict. This is a man who is growing marijuana in, his, in a house. A drug house is labeled by the police in Grand Rapids back in 2009. I have to ask after reading this fucking stupid article where its headline is, the Tigers are going to learn their, from their past. Are you back selling drugs, David Mayo? Your 
I was weird. offended. I was offended by this guy as a yeah, waiter. He was covering the uh, Floyd Mayweather. He covers Floyd Mayweather. He's Floyd Mayweather's personal biographer. The guy defends Floyd Mayweather at any turn. This guy, Floyd Mayweather, who's beaten his children in front of their mother and gone to jail for it. The biggest Floyd Mayweather Jr. apologist in the world. David Mayo, this lunatic. I can't wait till that Dan Shaughnessy article comes back comes out about uh, how the Red Sox are going to regret this Drew Pomeranz trade the same way they're going to regret the Babe Ruth trade. I, like, like, come on. I mean, please, David Mayo. I have to ask once again. I have to ask. Are you back in the business? Because it's, you have to be on some sort of pharmaceutical to write an article about the Tigers learning their lesson going back 29 years. 29 years on a trade that, what did Doyle Alexander go? 11 and 0? 10? What it was? 9 and 0? I forget what it was. I wrote it in the article. The oh, guy didn't he lose was, a game. And he was an all star the next year. The Tigers, the Detroit Tigers, won the AL Central on the last day of the regular season. Frank Tanana pitching a 1 0 shutout. Without Doyle Alexander, they don't make the playoffs that year. You fucking moron. And they traded a guy who wasn't even considered a top prospect. I have to ask one more time before we leave, Jessica. Thanks for joining us this week. Thanks to Ryan Schuling. Thanks to Jasper Apollonia. Thanks to Jessica Sarah. We will be back next Tuesday night. Hopefully we'll have some more things to talk about. Thanks to Kelly Tickets for uh, sponsoring this. And right before I leave... Mark Goldman down in Rio said he's going to a volleyball game that will be televised, and he is going to scream at the top of his lungs, Hit him with the hide! Good night, everyone. (laughs) You're listening to a previously recorded episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast.